Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> You're listening. Oh. You're, You're listening, listening to. <laughs> You're listening to discourse. 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 From from NPR. NPR. Maranek Public Radio. As much as we like to believe that we only do things we want, it is a universal truth that we often have to do things we don't want in order to get where we want to be. We take actions that we don't agree with, actions that feel momentarily harmful in order for something good to happen. We've all dealt with this moment of doing something we hate, doing something that is contrary to our very being to achieve what we want, necessary evils. One of the more recent necessary evils that's been introduced to our society is social media. I don't know a single person who hasn't felt overwhelmed by social media at one point or another, who hasn't had to take a break from it to regain their perception of reality. Because social media, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, creates a false sense of reality. It shows only the best moments, creating feelings of not being good enough, of guilt, of FOMO, the fear of missing out. For me, the social media platform that does this the most has always been Snapchat. Snapchat is a social media app used by a lot of teenagers and millennials as a form of communication. When using Snapchat, you can send videos, photos, and messages to people you friended. But what makes Snapchat special is that after just a few seconds, images and messages that are sent disappear. You can also post on your Snapchat story through the app, where photos and videos are featured for 24 hours for all your friends to see. Since being created, Snapchat has evolved to include other forms of media that don't include communication. You can now use filters on the app that alter your face to look like you're wearing elaborate makeup or are vomiting rainbows. You can also swipe left to see where your friends are on a map if they have their location on, or swipe right to see ads and news that the Snapchat algorithm thinks you'll enjoy. But despite all these features, Snapchat is still primarily a form of communication. I don't know why I specifically find Snapchat so taxing. In middle school, I didn't mind Snapchat. Honestly, I was pretty into it. My friends and I were obsessed with streaks, which are basically numbers next to a friend's name on Snapchat that indicates how many days you have Snapchatted each other in a row. I remember celebrating like it was my birthday when I got a 100-day streak with my friends and asking my friends to log into my account and keep my streaks while I was away at sleepaway camp to make sure I didn't miss a day and lose a streak. But by the time I got to high school, Snapchat got to be overwhelming. I felt like I was never snapping the right people or snapping enough people. I felt like I had to be snapping certain people that I wasn't even friends with. I never felt like my Snapchatting measured up to that of my friends. For some reason, not sending pictures of my face to someone was suddenly embarrassing. And I kept seeing people together, hanging out when I wasn't invited, and Snapchat story posts. If I wasn't with friends when I saw the posts, even if I was hanging out with my family or on vacation with my parents, the FOMO was unbearable. I agonized over why I wasn't invited, why I wasn't good enough. The silly videos on someone's private story that I was invited to and selfies of friends hanging out made everyone's lives look perfectly imperfect. I would watch the videos and click on the photos over and over, and my life felt like it was just imperfect. So I deleted the app. 
And honestly, it was liberating. Once I deleted Snapchat, I began to think more and more about how strange the app is. I thought about how the number of days you send a picture of yourself back and forth to someone indicates friendship, indicates closeness. Sending photos of your face back and forth should not act as a justification of friendship or serve in place of a friendship. Why do we allow this number, this streak, to mean anything? I thought about how Snapchat made me addicted to taking pictures of myself and feeling like I needed to be camera ready at a moment's notice. My mom had always commented on my constant selfie taking, and I couldn't believe I never noticed how toxic the constant analysis of my face and need to look perfect was. I thought about the fact that so many of my peers are only comfortable talking on Snapchat, where everything that is said disappears within seconds. I had friends who would pour their souls out to a boy on Snapchat one night, then refused to say hi to them in the hallway the next day. It made me uncomfortable that the lack of accountability and air of no trace left behind gave people a sense of privacy. It made me even more uncomfortable that so many mistake this privacy for closeness and intimacy. What does this say about my generation? That people can only talk to each other when they are not held responsible for their words. I felt an immediate pressure lifted from not having Snapchat, especially after having the time and space from it to think about all its strange, toxic aspects. I thought I would miss it, or feel like I was missing out on something by not being on it, but except for a few brief moments, I never regretted deleting it for a second. To be perfectly frank, in December, after getting into college, I got a new Snapchat account. It's a little embarrassing given how much breath I just dedicated to talking badly about it, but as much as the app freaks me out when I got into college, I knew I had to have Snapchat to connect to others. I knew that by not having Snapchat, I would only be doing myself a disservice. So I sat down with my friends, went to the app store, clicked download, and created a new profile. I decided I would only add my closest friends and potential college friends, trying to restrict Snapchat as much as I could to prevent my previous Snapchat trauma from occurring again. I began making small talk with potential friends and roommates, asking what their major is and where they are from, all the while sending photos of my face back and forth, of course. I connected with these girls, albeit maybe just on the surface, but I would not have been able to do it in the same way without Snapchat. I would not have met as many people if I wasn't added to a Snapchat group chat, if I hadn't had those Snapchat connections. While I wish I didn't need Snapchat to do it, it wasn't really my choice. As evil as Snapchat is in my life, it is a step I had to take to prepare for the next four years. It was necessary, a part of my reality, a necessary evil. So, add me on Snapchat, I guess.